Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. And Jesus said unto them, Go into all the world. Now over here in Matthew 10, he said, Don't go into the way of the Gentiles or the way of Samaritans. Just go to Israel. Now, he says, Go into all the world and preach the good news, the gospel, to every creature. To every creature. To every creature creature to every creature what does that mean does that mean you can preach the gospel to your dog and your cat and your goldfish yeah you can they're God's creation but he's talking about to the people preach this good news of salvation to every person you meet he that believes and is baptized, that doesn't mean baptism saves you. He that believes and is willing to publicly demonstrate his faith, and at this point in time, baptism meant a conversion. You're leaving the old life and entering the new, which is still what baptism means today. But as we studied a few months ago, uh, baptism itself was even around before Jesus' day, and if you got engaged, you got baptized. You got married, you got baptized. Uh, if you started a business, you'd be baptized into that business. Rabbis, when they entered, they graduated and entered uh, their rabbinical ministry, they got baptized. That's why Jesus had to uh, go and get baptized by John at the Jordan River because he was entering his rabbinical ministry. John's like, I can be baptized by you. Why are you coming to me? And Jesus said, this is going to allow us to fulfill our destiny. So that's why John baptized him. So baptism itself doesn't save you. Baptism itself is simply a profession of your public faith in him, in Jesus. They that do not believe and refuse to do these things shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name. In my name, in the authority given to me. Jesus already said, all power and all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Now you go in my name. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. 
they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. That doesn't mean tempting God by drinking poison. It doesn't mean tempting God by proving how good you are at snake handling. What he's saying is if the devil refuses the bud, you can take his sorry bud up and cast them out. Amen. Saying if somebody tries to poison you, it's not going to succeed. They'll lay hands on the sick, and what happens? The sick shall recover. Verse 20, last part. The Lord, everywhere they went, they preached everywhere, just like he said they were supposed to do. And the Lord worked with and confirmed this word with signs following. Amen. So now over here in Matthew chapter 10, as you go preach that the kingdom of heaven's at hand, and then to prove in their eyes what you are saying is about to happen, heal the sick. If they see these miracles being worked by your hands, it adds confirmation to what they have just heard. Same thing Mark 16 just says. The Lord worked with and confirmed the word that was preached with signs following. Here he says, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We are to go preaching, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The disciples, to prove that what Jesus was saying was true, healed the sick, cleansed the lepers, raised the dead, and cast out devils. Glory to God. That's the same thing we should be doing today. Freely you've received. Freely give. Don't worry about money. Glory to God. Don't provide gold nor silver nor brass in your purses. Don't preach Worried about the money. Don't preaching, do not go preaching trying to get money. You go to attack the devil in his domain. You go to take land back from the devil in the name of Jesus. You go and plunder the devil's territory, winning souls for the kingdom of God. You go and defeat the devil on every front. And all you have to do is preach in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, I'm preaching myself happy right now. I don't know if you can tell it or not. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. We are anointed to preach. There, how can I say this, Jesus? There are some ministries who claim they are healing ministries. Yes, amen. Come to our healing crusade. Come be healed in our meetings. And thousands of people will show up. And they'll parade a hundred people across the stage claiming to be healed, jumping up and down, throwing crutches down, pushing wheelchairs off the stage. And the minister's up there, you know, uh, waving his hand and six of them fall backwards or blowing on them and six people fall down. Theatrics. 
I'm not saying there are not some people who get saved. But theatrics, Jesus never went for a theater production. That is not to say that you cannot have a healing service in your church. Yes, God will honor that in faith. But what I have come to find out, he'll show up when you don't expect him. You are not going to command God to come down on December 12th or whatever, anything like that, at 8 p.m. at this location because I want to heal people and prove how great my ministry is. God's not going to do that. What I have found is that as you preach the gospel, the Holy Spirit will give you what you need to know. The Holy Spirit will impart into your your wisdom, your knowledge, working with the Word of God. You have ears to hear and a heart to receive. You hear the voice of your master, the voice of another you will not follow, and you hear that voice saying, call people up right now and I'll heal them. And that's where the minister stops and says, If you need healing in your body right now, I want you to come down to the front. I'm going to lay hands on you. God says he will heal every person who comes down to the front right now. He may not have finished his sermon. He may not have finished preaching his notes. But he's obeying the Holy Spirit. Now, folks, I've done this. I've operated in that anointing. You've probably heard me talk about it. I was preaching in this church down in uh, Central Texas, and you know, normally about a forty-five minute sermon teaching, and about twelve to thirteen minutes into my teaching, I heard the Holy Spirit say, "Stop and give the invitation." And if you seen the video of it, I'm down in front. You know, I came down off the platform and I'm, I'm down in front of the audience and I'm preaching and I just stop for about three or four seconds because that's when the Holy Spirit said that to me. My spirit picked it up. It says, stop preaching, give the invitation. And I turned around on the video. I turned around. I walked back up on the platform. I didn't say a word. I go up. I put two hands on the side of the podium. And I'm talking to God at this point. I said, God, it's only been like 14 minutes. I've still got a good half hour to go. Did you see this sermon? It's a good sermon. I'm actually arguing in my spirit with God about this. I said, this is a good sermon. This is a, I mean, this is one of my better ones. You know, I still got a good half hour worth of preaching here. And the Holy Spirit said again, stop preaching. Give the invitation right now. And... In the video, I'm holding onto the sides of the pole with my eyes closed because I'm still arguing with God. And then I said, okay. Verbally, I said, okay. So the Holy Spirit wants me to stop preaching right now. And then I gave the invitation. One person came forward. He was a deacon in the church, had been saved for 20 years. And the, between the music and the first 10, 12 minutes of my sermon, he got under conviction. 
And when I gave, when I stopped and said, there's somebody here that needs to receive the Lord, and he wants me to give the invitation and invite you down and all that, and this guy came forward weeping. Now, if I would have disobeyed the prompting of the Holy Spirit and continued my sermon because I still had a half an hour and I had a good sermon, I oh man, it was anointed. And I was it was anointed. That's why it only took ten minutes and a twenty year backslider got born again. Amen. He recommitted his life to the Lord. But if I would have disobeyed the Holy Spirit, he'd have had another thirty minutes to talk himself out of coming forward and getting right with God. That's the power of the anointing under the Holy Spirit. I've been in services where blind eyes were opened. I've been in services where the deaf heard. I've been in services where the lame got up and walked. I've also been in services when nothing happened. I've been in a lot of them. I'm not even going to go into the denomination that I was part of at the time. But I've been in services where nothing happened. I've been in services where invitations were given and nobody came down to the front. I've been in services where many people came down. The, it looked like everybody in the audience was moving forward. What's the difference, Brother Bob? What's the difference between one of the services and the other? What was preached? Oh, it was all the Word of God. It was all the teaching from the Bible. But it was not under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. You see, I disagree with the context of you know, taking a week to prepare your sermon for Sunday. I've found, and this is Brother Bob personally, I know I'm going to get letters on this, especially from pastors, who spend all week preparing their teaching on Sunday. They're having, you know, graphics put up on the television screen behind them with the scriptures and all that. I so dislike that. I believe that if you go to church, you should have a Bible in your hand. This stuff about putting the graphics up on the screen to make it easier for those that don't have the Bible, they can read along. Tell them they need to have a Bible. Bless God. Should I, Lord? Yes. All right. I'll do that. We are producing a generation of lazy Christians. Lazy people who go to church to be entertained and not interact with God. You have theatrical productions put on for the quote-unquote praise and worship session. You have rock concerts put on. They blare the music so loud you cannot talk to the person next to you. And I know I'll get letters on this too, but you can save yourself the time because I probably won't read them. But if the music is so loud 
that you cannot talk to your spouse or your partner next to you and just say something like, what time is it? And they're, what? What time is it? What? I can't hear. What time is it? Oh, and I don't know. I don't have a light on my watch. It's so dark in here, I can't see my watch. You can't see who the people are three rows up in front of you because it's so dark. The only thing that is lit up is the stage like it's a rock concert. The music is so loud, it sounds like a rock concert. How can you call that praise and worship? Oh, Brother Bob, we, we just, you know, we enter into his presence through this music and through the, the lyrics of the music and through the, the worship. Oh, we have an awesome praise and worship bond that, that brings us into the presence of the Most High God. That's what I got to say about that. Now, does that mean you got to go back to just the some elderly lady banging on the piano? No. But why do you need to bring secular style concerts into the worship center? Well, this draws the, the unchurched into church, makes them feel more comfortable, more at home. That way they're more receptive to the gospel. Says who? Rick Warren? That's why the cross is being removed the church. You darken the sanctuary. You never give an invitation. Oh, you give an invitation and say, if you would like to receive Jesus as your Savior, check that little box and put it in the car, uh, the, the offering plate. There's no invitations where people come down to make a decision. There's no invitations to come down and have hands laid on you for healing. I've seen uh, little curtain partitions put up off to the side of the sanctuary and say, you know, if you'd like to come down for prayer, we'll go into the privacy of this. And you, Folks, Jesus did not die behind a curtain. Jesus did not die privately. He died publicly for your sin. Why shouldn't you at least die to yourself publicly to receive his salvation? Amen. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Glory to God. Jesus said, as you go, preach that the kingdom of heaven is is at hand. Not to go and have a rock concert. Not to go and spend 35, 40 minutes in music, 10 or 15 minutes in announcements, and then 20 minutes for the pastor to give a sermon. Or 30 minutes. Why not go 10 minutes on the announcements, 20 minutes on the music, and give the pastor an hour on the sermon? Oh, an hour of just sitting there being preached at? People won't like that. Tough! Tough! If they don't like it, send them to another church. Pastors, you need to get back to teaching the Word of God, not to... Oh, Lord, I'm going to get letters on this. 
not to entertain the people. We are not to secularize our churches. We are not to accept the world's definition of what church should be. We're supposed to preach the gospel to every creature. We are not supposed to preach a watered-down version of the gospel to those who only want to come to a rock concert and drink their lattes inside the sanctuary. Brother Bob, you don't understand. This is the modern culture. This is not the 1950s. I understand that more than you could even believe. But let me tell you something. Glory. Oh, Lord. Folks, this is one of those teachings. This is one of those sermons where I'm stepping all over these sacred toes right now. I'm not just stepping on I'm jumping up and down on them. Preach the gospel to every creature. As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here. You should be preaching. Jesus is about to return, and when he comes back, he is not going to be a happy camper. Before that happens, what will take place is the catching away of the church. Those who believe what he did was for them. Those who believe that he is about to return. Those who believe that he is their Savior. Those that believe he is their Messiah. Those that believe he is the soon coming King. He will take them away first so they don't have to undergo the trials and tribulations of the last days. And folks, we can see the last days are here. That means we're living in this very sliver of time before the catching away of the church happens. It could happen before the end of today's broadcast in just 15, 20 more minutes. It could happen at any moment. But what happens then? Says there, all these catastrophic things will take place. People will seek death. They will try and die and will be unable to. You want to escape that. That's what our preaching, that's what our teaching, that's what our services should all be about. Is convincing those who do not know Jesus as their Savior, to accept him before it's too late. And he has given us the power and the authority to use his name to cast out devils, to heal the sick, and they will recover as proof that what you're saying is true. Amen. That's the bottom line. This stuff about we got to have a 35-minute worship service is bogus. That's just modern secularism making its way into the church. There is nothing wrong with a praise and worship service. I enjoy praise and worship more than anyone else. Something I don't like is this hard beat, rock and roll, rock concert atmosphere. Something I don't like is the darkened sanctuaries. What's wrong with having the lights up there in praise and worship? What's wrong with some... Lord, 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 Lord. If you want to have a Christian 
concert, rock concert, music concert, whatever you want to call it, there is nothing wrong with that. Let me emphasize that. There is nothing wrong with holding a rock concert or a music concert or music festival, whatever you want to call it. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. If that's the purpose for the meeting. I My first real job in the ministry was working for a national ministry, setting up their concerts for them, all across America. We did 48 concerts in 12 months. Now you go figure out how often I was on the road. Dr. Bernard Johnson, from his concert ministry, uh, part of the Church of God in Christ, I, did, I was his national concert coordinator for two years. And we did 48 concerts in one year. All across America. We'd be in Richmond, Virginia on a Friday night and Minneapolis, Minnesota on a Tuesday or a Saturday night. And, and then Sunday I was going to promote the concert somewhere else and then back home Sunday night. And next week we did the same thing all over again. But the purpose of the meeting was to have a concert. And the preaching took second place. I was the one who delivered out of the 48 concerts. I did the preaching on probably 40 of them. 10 to 15 minutes, right at the very beginning, to set the tone for the concert. Notice I didn't preach for 30, 35, 40 minutes, and then turn the concert over to the musicians. I went out and preached 10 to 15 minutes, tops. Five minutes of announcements. And then the music started with the, the, the warm-up groups, and then... A few minutes later, Dr. Johnson would come out. Now flip that to what is taking place in churches today. The music should only take 15 minutes tops, maybe 20, absolute most. Five, 10 minutes of announcements, and then give your pastor an hour of preaching time and teaching time. He's teaching you the things of God. But we've mess that up. And now we have 30 to 40 minutes of music. And usually the only song that is actual worship is towards the very end where they slow it down. Oh, we're in your presence. Your presence fills this place. And it's, you know, a peaceful kind of worship song. Up till then, it's all this rock, 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 rock. Loud. I've seen people turn their hearing aids down or take them out because it was so loud. Children covering their ears up because it's so loud. That's not worship. That's abuse. I've seen people walk out because it's too loud. And you tell me that that's the right thing to do. 10 to 15 minutes of music, period. 5 to 10 minutes of announcements. Give the pastor the rest of the time. It takes time to build up what you're trying to, the point you're trying to get across. And that, 
Like, I'm off my notes right now. So if I was preaching this at one of these churches that I was required to give them my PowerPoint presentation with scripture references, you know, three days prior so they could have these scriptures put up, they'd be lost. They would be lost because I'm following the lead of the Holy Spirit. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.